Welcome back to episode 31 of the Executive Burnout Podcast. Yes, we are still waiting for the miracle of recovery. Today, I want to acknowledge how hard recovery really is. I've now been talking about the recovery therapies in a few podcasts, and I think it's time for a little encouragement. So it feels like such a good moment to acknowledge the battle that you are in. When I got started on this podcast, my main motivation was to share with another suffering burnout patient the many things I was given on the road to recovery. I have to tell you, it was very difficult to understand what was happening to me. And what was worse was this feeling that there was no path to recovery. It felt like an imperative for me to share everything that I learned with another struggling person like you. And I want you to know what to do as fast as possible. I want you to feel like you again. You know what? I know there are a lot of yous out there. I talk to someone almost uh, every week, someone new, who tells me that they are in the middle of it. So here's what I'm hearing people say to me. I can't control my emotions. I am so exhausted and I can't keep doing this. I'm frustrated and ready to throw in the towel. I know I'm not well, but I don't know what to do. You know, for me, there was a very bad day when I thought there was no way out. And that was a very bad day. But happily, I'm standing on the other side of that same crisis. I'm fully recovered. And I can honestly say that. I wouldn't even say, well, there are some good days and bad days. No. There are only good days and better days. Now, that's not to say I don't have any challenges, but I can tell you that I can handle things a lot differently now. And none of the days are like the 15 months when I was medically unwell. Not one of them. I've had one full uninterrupted month of zero days of being mentally unwell. Can we get a hallelujah for that? Now, I never believed that it would be possible. It is possible for me, so it's going to be possible for you, and it will happen for you. Now, I got that same message in the early stage, and I can tell you it was really hard to believe when I was sitting there. Now, the subtitle of this podcast is Still Waiting for the Miracle. Now, I have to say it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek title. But very early into the burnout, I was getting quite angry with myself because I was still sick. I was uh, doing what I thought was the right work to recover. Um, But I have to say, in retrospect, I was a bit like a dieter who spent six months eating junk food, who then ate salad for two days and was like, why aren't I skinny yet? At one point, I realized I was literally expecting a miracle cure. It's kind of, it was for me, it was like a little bit of a fantasy, you know, to just wake up one day and simply be my old self again. Intellectually, you know, I knew that it was going to take a lot of time. But emotionally, I found it frustrating to not be well. And I'd have these moments of despair and disappointment. I did find myself crying out to that old self, that old version of myself to come back. And inevitably, my therapist would remind me that of the progress that I had made and that it was going to take time. And, you know, and I could see that and say, yes, that's all true. So I decided to use that waiting for a miracle mentality as a gentle reminder to allow myself to continue the recovery with patience for my progress. And in a way, I think I have had the miracle. 
the miracle did happen and everything I did worked. If you're listening to this podcast today, I'm guessing that you've not yet had your miracle happen. And let's, so I I just want to actually remind ourselves how hard burnout recovery actually is. My burnout started with with what I think of as a bodily failure. When it was happening, it was really hard to understand. I had to learn that my body was responding to extreme levels of stress over many years. So one of the things that happened is I couldn't stay awake. I had no energy and my cardiovascular health was at risk. I felt as if I had lost complete control over my physical body, and that was shocking. Mentally, I was a wreck. My memory was, let's say, missing in action, and I started to tell myself and my husband, don't trust me to remember anything. My husband and I had this kind of unwritten rule that I was going to be totally unreliable, And that was like the first time in my life that I actually thought to myself, you are completely unreliable. Critical thinking skills, small tasks were completely overwhelming. If I had to do something that required more than one step, I actually couldn't work it out. I recall being unable to sign into a bank account and having a meltdown over it. And that was really upsetting. I thought I was seeing a real-time decline in my cognitive functioning. I also could not control my emotions anymore. And that was super scary because after decades of being on top of my emotions and suppressing what I felt, the lid blew off. The toothpaste came out of the tube. Uh, Bursting into tears at any given moment was practically guaranteed. And there was no way for me to stop it. I felt like I was in a kind of gray emotional state that sort of vacillated between apathy, sadness, and anger. On a car ride, my uh, husband asked me to move a bottle that was rattling in the door on my side of the car. I don't know why, but I just got so upset that I nearly rolled down the window of the car and threw my purse out the window. It seems strange now, but I have to tell you that impulse to actually do that was completely overwhelming. Intellectually, I was sitting there thinking that I knew that would be like an incredibly dumb thing to do. Um, And I, I didn't do it. I didn't throw my purse out the window. But that was the kind of behavior that I started to actually want to do that I had never, ever in my life ever thought to do. It was so clear to me that my emotions were wild and dangerous. And as a result, that made me um, quite anxious about being around other people. I mean, what was I going to do? When I finally got what I would call the diagnosis, it just started another round of trying to figure things out. This is a new problem. I'm, I'm now just unwell. I also have the job of fixing it. What's happening to me? How did this happen? Why did it happen? How do I get better? What am I supposed to do about it? It's exhausting. It's exhausting. And I do have to say there was a willingness inside of me to do whatever was needed to become well again. And I would get up nearly every day and try to do what I needed. But every day was a reminder of the illness. I was reminded of every limitation that I had of all of the ways that I was unwell. And I finally checked myself into a hospital for six weeks. I mean, I really was willing to do anything that would get me better. But you know what was frustrating? There weren't any clear answers. I don't know if the word powerlessness fits here. I felt like everything that made me me was gone. And it was hard. There is absolutely no sugarcoating that point. 
The worst part of recovery is that there are so few resources to help someone in burnout make a full recovery. Even the most basic search on Google didn't really help. It made things out like I just needed a vacation or to do some yoga. It never got into how it was a serious medical condition. There were never any clear suggestions for what was needed to become well again. I find that so amazing. It was though the people speaking about it had never been through it and were speaking in kind of like theoretical terms about recovery. You know, talking about these kinds of illnesses is still difficult. Sometimes I feel as though we become like the family of the dead. No one wants to say the wrong thing to us. They don't know how to bring up the subject. There isn't a sharing of knowledge for this illness like there is for other ones. When someone has heart disease or diabetes, people are very helpful with ideas on how to get well. They'll know a lot about the drugs. They'll understand what treatments are available, um, even if they haven't gone through it themselves. It's amazing how many resources you can find on the internet and people that are willing to talk about other kinds of illnesses. This illness is not like that at all. This is a kind of hidden illness. That's why it's been so important to me to talk about my burnout. Because I know how difficult this is and how hard it must be for you right now. You need some answers on how to get back to being you. It matters for someone to acknowledge how hard this is. And I'm going to say this right now. It's really hard. Now, I'm going to tell you something that was said to me. Your brain is actually and literally broken right now. I'm not kidding about this. It's not your imagination. There are organizations who've done brain scans on individuals who are in professional burnout and depression, and the wiring of that shows up on your brain. Chronic stress does rewire your brain. So when it was said to me, I was like, oh, great, I have brain damage. In a way, I was um, when I was told that my brain was damaged by stress, it was reassuring. It at least explained what was happening to me. My inability to remember very simple things was frightening. That loss of cognitive function was terrifying. Now, as many of you may have suspected, working does cause brain damage. Now, I mean that in kind of a comical way. But it, it's, it's really true that working in a chronic stress and toxic workplace will rewire your brain to protect itself from that chronic stress. So remember, your brain does a really good job of dealing with one-off stressful situations. So something happens in the day, perhaps you have a near miss on a, a freeway when you're driving, your brain reacts to that really quickly. And after about, you know, 10 minutes, you're back to your baseline normal, and you're um, no longer in stress. But it behaves very differently when you're in a chronic stress situation. At extreme levels, it reaches burnout. And what that means is that your brain can no longer cope with the stress that you're under. And if you're still in a situation causing you stress, think about this. Staying where you are right now in that stress will delay your ability to recover. You cannot recover in the place where you became sick. So do whatever you need to do to get out of there. Now, I, I know that for some of you, that's something that's going to be really difficult for you. What your brain needs right now is hope that there were, that where you are right now is not permanent. You need to believe that there is relief coming from this stress situation. There is a solution to this situation. And guess what? It's not always going to be like this. 
here's something reassuring. Life will never stay the same as it is today. Even if you are unwilling or unable to change your situation, it will change without your consent. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have to take part. It means that if you are not capable of doing anything today, that the situation will evolve over time whether you act or not. Now, I want to be clear. I was absolutely not capable of doing anything to help myself in the very early stage of the burnout. Like nothing at all. I couldn't even get out of bed. What was happening while I was sleeping was that my awesome body was working on repairing it. My job was to sleep. That was the active place in my recovery that I needed to be in. Your body is going to try to get you to a place of health. Your body is always trying to fix things that are not functioning correctly. And it knows that a burnout is a state of unwellness that it wants to fix. Now, here's some good news. And what came along with that brain damage message was that it was not permanent. The brain is plastic, which means that anything you do or think about is rewiring your brain. New connections get rebuilt and old connections fade away when they're not in use. And that meant that I could do things which would help my brain to recover. I would go back to being myself again. I could regain what I had lost. I would one day recognize the person staring back at me in the mirror. And that was a message that moved me to action in my recovery. And I want to, I'm here to say this to you. That has happened. My brain has been repaired. I am myself again. I will admit that I'm not the same person I was that when I, when this all started, but thank God for that. I'm now a better version of myself. I understand who I am. I think differently. I act differently. I'm now in a position to recognize what will be good for me and what will not. You know, there were other benefits that came from the professional burnout. I went into one of the most productive creative periods of my life. Now, it certainly didn't feel like that at the time. I thought I was just painting to pass the time in the day. You know, it was funny because people kept telling me to get a personal project. And I understand why they said that. Because there's a period in your recovery when you're not fully recovery, recovered, but well enough to do things. And you need <clears throat> time to take back your health. But the days are going to be long. So my personal project was artistic. I painted and I created a catalog of everything that I painted. I always wanted to have a portfolio of artwork, but never really had the time to get it done. Art is not just spending time, but it needs fuel as well. And the burnout gave me a lot of creative fuel. So if you are looking for something to do in your burnout, I would say a personal project is something that you might want to think about. But foremost, what I would say is be kind to yourself. If you're burned out, you are sick. You are really, really sick. So be patient with yourself. Recovery is a long and challenging process. Wherever you're in your recovery, <clears throat> remind yourself that you're on the path to recovery and it is going to get better and you are going to recover fully. Right now, you might be waiting for a miracle. And I just want to remind you that you are the miracle.